listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. On today's program, on today's edition of the Paul McGuire Report, I'm going to uh, provide you with documented research about where America is going scientifically and technologically and where the rest of the world and the other superpowers are going scientifically and technologically. Now, I want to hyper-focus in on perhaps one of the most powerful revolutionary technological developments to infuse itself in mankind's reality. And by infusing itself in mankind's reality, I'm talking about the fact that you and I live in a particular dimension. We live uh, physically in the dimension of our senses. So in this sensory uh, dimension, we receive reality as it's transmitted to us through electromagnetic frequencies. That's a scientific fact. That's not an opinion. And the idea is that uh, electromagnetic frequencies, they all have a a specific and different uh, numerical number. So, for example, the EMF, or the electromagnetic frequency of 10 hertz, 10 Hz, is commonly known as an alpha wave. And the primary thing that an alpha wave does when human beings hear it with their ears, when they process it with their biological beings, the alpha wave causes your brain, your memories, your cognitive abilities, to resonate at a specific frequency, which is 10 hertz. That 10 hertz frequency, that's what causes people to like sit in front of the TV set for endless hours. And apparently they're just watching sports games or whatever. But when you dig deeper, it's more than, let's say, the escapist or or, uh, other descriptions for you know, being a a football fan or a basketball fan or, or whatever. There's a deeper truth there, and that is all broadcasting from your TV, from your flat screen TV, from your laptop, from the television in your cell phone, and on and on and on. That particular frequency that is going right into your nervous system and brain is specifically on a numerical value, 10 Hz or 10 Hz, known as an alpha wave. So the primary characteristic of an alpha wave is that it puts you in a trance-like state. Uh, It makes you act and function like you were hypnotized. And when you watch people who have been sitting there glued to the boob tube for like a couple of hours, you notice that you call their names and they can't hear you. You know, you shout their names and they can't necessarily hear you. Why? Because they're so caught up in the game? Well, probably if it's a good game. But the main reason they're tuning you out and totally absorbed in the content uh, of television is because the television is emitting uh, an electromagnetic frequency transmission specifically resonating at 10 Hz or 10 Hz. Now, 10 Hz or 10 Hertz, it's very, and you know, it's so important for people who are trying to uh, 
uh, win and overcome in life. It's, it's of critical importance for you to have just a basic, a basic understanding of the nature of your reality, a basic understanding of the 10 hertz frequency, a basic understanding of what alpha waves do to the body, brain, and soul. So that hypnotic trance that you see people in is a byproduct of being exposed to the electromagnetic frequency, 10HZ, the alpha wave, for hours at a time. And you are primarily, not exclusively, but primarily absorbing that alpha wave signal through your physical body. The 10HZ waves permeate your physical body, your heart, your organ, your tissues, and then through your senses, primarily your hearing and ears. Your hearing and ears uh, tune in and receive that 10 hertz alpha frequency. So here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. The 10HZ frequency, the alpha wave, puts you into a trance or a hypnotic state. It is the 10HZ frequency is the ideal state to put someone in if you're trying to scientifically brainwash them, if you're trying to cause them to go into kind of a cerebral autopilot in which they fixate on a particular frequency, but now they have lost the critical thinking ability that is all important for survival for discernment, for perception, for being able to determine between propaganda and truth, between mind control and truth. It's an all-important state of consciousness that every person needs to know something about because it has such an impact on our society. So, 10HZ, the alpha waves, they have a peculiar thing. If you were to secretly play alpha waves or 10HZ frequencies in a classroom and you were a teacher, most likely you could, ex- you could quantumly accelerate their learning curve, their ability to learn, their ability to memorize, and their ability to absorb uh, information. It accelerates. It, it, it escalates every moment a person is listening to an alpha wave frequency. And, and the positive result is students, adults, etc., who are learning and studying books and doing mathematical equations or writing essays or reading hundreds of pages of textbooks or whatever uh, in order to achieve a good grade, when they are being immersed in 10HZ alpha wave frequencies, that enhances their ability to memorize and absorb exactly what the teacher and the textbook and the curriculum is telling. Whatever the teacher, the curriculum, and the textbooks are telling the students to think when they're being bombarded with 10HZ frequencies, then that is precisely what they will think when they're exposed to 10HZ. 10HZ is a brain enhancer that amplifies your brain's ability to absorb information. But the quirk, the the curveball that you have to watch out for before you start jumping up and down for joy that your kids' test scores are improving, um, the quirk of 10HZ alpha waves 
is that although it enhances your learning ability, your memorization ability, your ability to uh, absorb uh, information in a learning process that modern educators call teaching to the test. So the teacher spits out all kinds of information, social engineering, propaganda, distorted facts, hidden agenda, bias. The teacher is just pumping that stuff out with her verbal or her his verbal words and the textbooks, etc. Now, the students are in a totally non-discriminatory state of consciousness, an altered state of consciousness, if you wish, in which they merely digest and absorb as if they were in a hypnotic state exactly what is being taught to them. So the payoff is they are able to regurgitate all this information at test time or essay time, and when they regurgitate the programmed information, they can repeat it back to the teacher in forms, in terms of uh, repeating what was ta- taught them in a test, repeating to the teacher what was taught them in uh, the requirement of an essay and reading a textbook, like a computer. And so, what this requires is a minimization, a marginalization of learning and thinking. So you 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 become, for all practical purposes, a learning or a machine or a recording device, and you you deceive your parents, you deceive society, not on purpose. You you deceive the educational system because you guys you got guys like Bill Gates and others who are jumping up and down for joy because the students who are going through their computer enhanced learning system where the teachers teach to to the test and like robots or cyborgs, the, the, the students simply repeat it to the teacher and get high grades. What these modern educators do not want at all costs is they do not want the students to think independently. They do not want the students to to employ critical thinking skills. They do not want the students to analyze the information and think for themselves. They do not want the students to uh, question the information. They want the students to merely memorize, like in a hypnotic trance, the, the, the content that they've been given. Now, if you are a communist or a totalitarian nation, this kind of teaching to the test enhanced by alpha waves at 10HZ is the ideal environment for totalitarian educators, uh, dictatorship-style educators, because when you're exposed to 10HZ alpha waves, they don't want you to think. They want you to merely absorb, memorize, and repeat back word for word whatever the propaganda line is that they're pushing. And so what 10HZ alpha wave uh, consciousness environments produce are millions of students who don't know how to think for themselves, have lost the ability to critically think, have lost the ability to discern, have lost the ability to evaluate. They're just like, they're just like vacuum, they're like intellectual vacuum cleaners. They just suck up the information and spit it back at the teacher, not literally, hopefully. 
And that is not learning. That, if, when you analyze what that process is precisely, it is obvious that that teaching to the test process is not true education. It's not a tr- true learning modality. It does not teach the student to think for themselves. It does not teach the student to discern or to question the premises the premises that are being uh, pumped into their minds. So if they're told that their sexuality is nothing more than a matter of what they choose it to be, and that you can, you can completely disregard or reject the biological facts regarding your sexuality that should be shouting in your ear, declaring unmistakably through an expression of your DNA code and your genetic code, on a biological level, it is blatantly obvious due to the fact that both the female students and the male students um, are automatically expressing their sexual identities through their DNA and genetic code. And therefore, males have an entire spectrum of different biological qualities, hormones, biochemicals, certain biological assets, certain biological deficits. And, and it, it, it's, it's obvious that they're males. Because the primary identifying factor for the male is that males, genetically and biologically, have a sexual organ that has the capacity to engage in sexual intercourse with a female. And when the biological act of sexual intercourse is completed, there's a high probability that when the male sperm unites with the female egg, conception occurs, um, and a child, either female or male, is birthed into the world. But the overwhelming and overarching biological principle is the the totally irrefutable uh, biological examples of femininity and masculinity expressed in specific and detailed biological organs and hormones and differences in psychology and all kinds of things. So, for example, women, uh, after they've reached puberty or around that time, women, uh, as part of the process of, of maturation, girls become women and they are now capable of getting pregnant. They can give birth to babies, and that's because they're females, and they have female sexual organs, female hormones, and female biochemicals, and a female womb, and a female vagina, which is designed by God for a spectrum of activities that center around uh, conception, birthing a child at, you know, giving birth to a child and being fruitful and multiplying, as God said. And then as you analyze the female genetic code and the female uh, biological nature, you see that females do not have a male sexual organ. They have a, a really a radically different sexual organ called the vagina. 
the way God, and then don't get hung up on this, okay? Because God designed all this. So, like, if you're uncomfortable with it, you've got a problem with God. There's nothing perverse or or uh, crossing over the line of decency in, in what I've said. I'm, still, I'm giving you the facts of life according to uh, the Bible and God and the way the world, you know, what's that old expression? I'm giving you, yeah, the birds and the bees. There's something else in that expression I can't remember. But basically, I just <laughs> I just gave you an updated version of the birds and the bees, the basics of reproduction and life. Okay, so females uh, can the female receives through intercourse the sperm of the male, and the sperm of the male has the capacity of you know millions of spermazoa swimming up this biological canal where it facilitates the possibility of of the female egg uniting with the sperm and conception occurs and conception is far more multidimensional than our tragic nightmare fairy tale uh, known as Darwinian evolution where they say everything is due to random evolutionary chance. Well, that's not true. Everything is due to the divine will, the sovereignty of God, and there are no accidents in God's eternal plan for mankind. So this is, these are the basics. And so women, of course, uh, depending upon where they are in the seasons of their life, produce breasts. Breasts have a multiplicity of functions. Um, I would say the primary one is that Breasts produce milk, and the babies that women give birth to uh, are able to nourish and feed themselves by um, by being in contact with the mother's breast. And so I gave you a very brief outline of the difference between the sexes. Now, there are other differences. The entire spectrum of biochemicals and hormones in different proportions and different strengths are embedded in the masculine body and the female body and the masculine brain and the female brain. There are other differences that are not just societal conditioning, but they have to do with the fact that the male genetically and through the DNA is physically far more powerful than the female and is able to defend the family and the female because the male is physically stronger and more powerful. Now, you can't refute that. It's a fact. There are women, um, I mean, there's a sizable percentage of women that are physically stronger than males. But women have other attributes, and it has to do with nurturing their babies, nurturing their husbands. And women are talented and gifted in a wide spectrum of potential activities that that make them, listen carefully to what I'm saying, never in the Bible does it say anywhere unless you misinterpret Scripture, nowhere in the Bible does it say that females and women are second-class citizens, genetically inferior, genetically dumber, and genetically weaker. That is never said in the Bible. Now, what we've seen 
over thousands of years, beginning in the Old Testament and carrying through into the New Testament, we've seen a distortion of what the Bible is teaching regarding the differences between men and women genetically. We've seen a distortion. But if you don't distort the DNA and genetic codes of males and females, then you see that there's clear differences, and these differences were never designed by the Creator to handicap or make inferior um, either sex, either the male or the female. The differences in the giftings, the differences in the psychology and the biochemistry and the biological functions between a male and female are designed by the Supreme Being, God Almighty, to produce both a male and female that, now listen really closely, that the male and female, each of them have a responsibility before God to reflect different aspects, giftings, strengths, and abilities that God has given every sex. And so, we never should perceive the differences between male and female. Whenever you go into the zone of, of trying to uh, um, debate or argue that males are superior, you're on thin ice, because the Bible doesn't say that. Nowhere. The Bible doesn't say that. What the Bible says very clearly is that men and women are co-equals before God. Men and women are co-equals for God. If the human race, including the religion of Judaism and Christianity, actually followed the biblical precepts, there would have been no war of the sexes or battle of the roses or whatever you want to call it. That would never have happened because each sex, male and female, has something completely unique and different to contribute within the marriage relationship and within society and culture. And that males and females together actually enhance God's creation. They don't detract or rob from God's creation. So how do we understand this? We understand this because we have to come from the position or perspective that the infinite personal living God of the universe is, is a super genius, is, is intelligent beyond intelligent has a vast spectrum of wisdom and abilities, and that each, both the male and the female, have different and distinct abilities um, based on their genetic differences. And the gifting uh, given to men by God and the gifting given to women by God is done by God for the purpose of enhancing both the man and the female and liberating both the male and the female on a multiplicity of levels. So the distinctions and the differences between the male and the female genetically, in terms of the DNA code and the genetic code, the differences uh, between the male and the female are designed by God to be to produce an atmosphere of celebration and rejoicing. Because they don't, they don't, they, they are unable to release all of their talents. They are unable to come into the fullness of what God created them to be. 
they're unable to be all that God created them to be until they join together in a covenant relationship that protects the biological relationship, the psychological relationship, and the genetic DNA relationship of men and women and their differences. And so that is the foundation of Western civilization. When you take a meat cleaver, so to speak, and and you do a hatchet job on the genetic code of both males and females, when you destroy the differences between males and females, genetically and biologically and socially, when you destroy those all-important differences, what you're doing is you're unplugging from God's infinite power source the download of power from on high and the download of wisdom and blessing that God has made available to the human race, both male and female. But it only starts to go into full-fledged operation when the male and the female join together as one, spiritually, sexually, and biologically. That's why the Bible says, the two shall become one. That's not just a cutesy pie statement to entertain you. The biblical declaration of truth concerning the two shall become one is a statement of fact theologically where God explains to us that when males and females come together as one, there is a quantum multiplication and a quantum enhancement of all of their abilities, their intelligence and their giftings. And when the two come together as one, in that holy unity or that holy matrimony where the, the two become one flesh, there's an exponential explosion uh, and release of a wide spectrum of talents and abilities. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And grab yourself copies. We have bulk quantity discounts on a whole bunch of books. You can save money right now. If you order right now, you can save money on The Greatest Battle, Power from on High, Conquering the Matrix, Matrix, uh, Prophecy of the Future of America, and many other books. If you go to paulmcguire.us and order those books right now. And if you do that, I promise you, you begin to seed your mind or renew your mind with the power of God's Word. You will experience a positive, spiritual, internal revolution where the Holy Spirit, in concert with the Word of God, releases you to be all that you were created to be. You are released to be all that you were created to be, and therefore, you will live this life on a far, far higher level, a more productive level, a level that's more fruitful, a level that invites the blessing of God, all of these doors open up in your life and you discover because you chose to do everything God's way and you're walking in multidimensional unity with you and your wife or the or marriage relationship, there is an explosion of joy, creativity, reproduction, and the man and the woman, they come together as one. Uh, they become far stronger as a couple in union than they could ever possibly become as separate individuals. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. We're going to move into another area 
where we're going to take the truth that Jesus Christ taught us, which is that he told his disciples that they could receive power from on high if they would simply go to Jerusalem and tarry in Jerusalem, which means go to Jerusalem, and tarry means wait on God in prayer, fast and pray and intercede uh, to God in prayer in Jerusalem. This is just what Jesus said to all of his disciples. And then he finished the statement by saying, until God the Father clothes you with power from on high, which is literally the, the dynamite or the dunamis explosive detonation of the power of God, of the supernatural power of God. It's a, it's a quantum release of the supernatural power of God produced when God's people uh, go before him in prayer and fasting and seeking him. And all through the ages, beginning with Adam and Eve, ending in the book of Revelation, all through the ages we see example after historical example historical record after historical record, we see through historical research the journey of mankind from the fall and being deceived by Satan, where God intervenes and begins to pour his life force, the dunamis, into the hearts and minds of all mankind. And God Almighty takes mankind to a far, far higher level where men and women become joint heirs with Jesus, and they become co-rulers. Adam and Eve become co-rulers with Jesus Christ. And in their unity as one, they're able to produce exponentially far more uh, than they could ever possibly dream of producing as single, isolated individuals, which is secular man's atheistic and godless plan for mankind. Okay, visit paulmcguire.us, grab yourself some copies of Power from on High. This is Paul McGuire, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is Paul McGuire, and uh, we're taking a deep dive together into the Word of God. You know, I've read, this is not for the point of bragging, but I've read the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. I can't count. So let's just say I've read the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, countless times. And this has been for decade after decade after decade. I've read the book uh, visually. I've, I've studied the book. I've taught the book, Genesis from Revelation, as a professor of eschatology uh, and a professor of ecclesiology at Jack Hayford's King's College and Seminary for over 20 years until he went on to be with the Lord. And uh, I, I learned many things. Now, uh, I also listened and, and continue to listen to the Word of God on audio tape. So my goal was, because I came from such a heavy-duty background of spiritual deception and spiritual warfare and high-level conflict between uh, myself and the demonic realm and the principalities and powers and, and things of that nature, the only way that I could be an overcomer in, in, in those forms of high-level spiritual warfare was I had to understand that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
And I had to understand, by the power of God and the Word of God, many, many principles from the Word of God. One is, I had to understand and own. When I say understand, I'm not talking about, you know, fanciful intellectualism. I'm talking about when you understand through a revelation of the Holy Spirit the depths and truths of God's Word, you become more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, and you uh, then now have the capacity to be an overcomer in the Lord. So I listened to the Bible endlessly through audio tapes, reading, and then uh, one of the greatest blessings I ever had, because it, you know, I was, I was at a point in my life where I was a professor of Bible prophecy at Jack Hayford's King's College and other things. And I was speaking at Bible prophecy conferences around the world, and I was writing many, many books primarily on Bible prophecy and teaching Bible prophecy at the university and seminary level to other pastors, etc., and you know, so on and so forth. So the bottom line was that um, the more I read and wrote and took notes and studied and meditated in the Word of God, the more specific energy uh, that I marshaled my resources and began to plant the seed of the Word of God in my heart and mind day after day, year after year. I was told at the very beginning, don't worry about understanding everything you're reading in, in the Word of God. And I took that to heart. I simply obeyed God, and I obeyed the principle, don't worry about understanding everything, just read the Word of God and read it over and over again. And don't just cherry-pick verses out of the Word of God. Read chapters and books, and then at least once a year, at least once a year, read the entire Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. Now, what happens when you do that? Your heart and your mind becomes like fertile spiritual soil. And when you expose yourself to all the truths in God's Word, you are literally seeding your inner man or your inner woman with the truth in God's Word. And what will inevitably happen on a supernatural basis is that the Word of God that you have sown in your heart and mind will begin to grow and grow and grow. The Word of God that you've sown into your heart and mind will produce a state where you are becoming spiritual, fruitful, and you are multiplying. And then. God honors and rewards your faithfulness. So, along with your studying and teaching of the Word of God, God pours out His Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, to supernaturally teach you and to supernaturally explain to you the meaning and the deeper meanings of the Word of God that you're reading and teaching. So, what you're doing is making probably the most powerful investment a person can make in their lives. The most powerful investment you can make in your life is the studious reading and studying and the seeding of your heart and mind with the Word of God. When you habitually do that in, in obedience, whether you understand everything at the time or not, God rewards your obedience. He pours out His Holy Spirit on you. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, as you're walking, uh, as you're talking, God will show up in your life like a pop-up, bam, you know, in, in your computer, God will show up in your life like a pop-up, and you will get 
nothing less than what could be classified as these miraculous uh, revelations and miraculous understanding of the depths of the truth of God's Word. And it will blow your mind. You, you, because you, you will know that you didn't arrive at the deep understanding of the Word of God. You didn't arrive at that through some kind of intellectual struggle that you can be proud of. You didn't arrive at that quantum increase in the knowledge of God's Word by your own mere human struggle and vain intellectualism. What happened was you made yourself available to God and allowed God to seize His Word in your heart and your inner man. And then uh, you're, you're obeying the law of sowing and reaping. So in God's timing and timetable, all of the Word of God that you've sown like seeds in your heart and mind and spirit begins to come to fruition. It begins to blossom. It begins to bear fruit. And all of a sudden, there is a supernatural multiplying effect which occurs. And all of a sudden, on a supernatural level, which transcends the mere intellectual level, you are receiving revelation after revelation of the depths of knowledge hidden in God's Word, but revealed to you supernaturally. So now, because you're seeding your inner man or woman with the Word of God, you are experiencing a harvest of the seed of the Word of God, and you're receiving an ongoing supernatural download of the truth of God's Word. Where you are, where you now have a supernatural capacity to understand the complexities and the depths and, and the eternal principles of God's Word on a level and an accelerated speed that, under nor- normal circumstances, is simply physically impossible. And it will revolutionize your life. It will bring prosperity, it will bring healing, it will open up the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It will make you more intelligent. It will enhance your perception and your cognitive abilities. It will impart deep knowledge to you, not just spiritual knowledge, but knowledge in every facet of life. And the next thing you know, you will be considered a man or a a woman of depth, a man or a woman of understanding, a wise man or a wise woman of God. And because you took the time to seed yourself with the Word of God, the Word of God begins to multiply and come to fruition in your life. And all of a sudden, all of these gifts you didn't know you had, all of these talents and abilities you didn't know you had, all these spiritual powers, spiritual fruits, and spiritual gifts that you didn't know you had, they're going to be blossoming in your life supernaturally. And the next thing you know, You have gone through some kind of transformational tunnel, which you enter in on one end and you emerge on the other end. And when you come out emerged from the other end of saturating your inner man or woman with the Word of God, then the dunamis power of God, the dynamite detonation power of God explodes in your inner man. And that brings. The sowing of the seed of the Word of God, the renewing of your mind with the Word of God, inevitably brings a detonation of the explosive force of God Almighty. And the next thing you know, you're a man or a woman who is walking in 
and living in and experiencing an authentic biblical revival on many different levels. Not not a crazy, wacko, Looney Tunes revival, but an authentic biblical revival. You're experiencing it firsthand. All of a sudden, supernaturally, the rivers of living water are flowing out of your innermost being. All of a sudden, with without necessarily a, a deep intellectual expression, the anointing of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, also known as power from on high, is being poured out on you in everyday life by God. And as the anointing of God, or power from on high, which is the dunamis dynamite Spirit of God, it detonates or explodes in your life. And the inertia and the supernatural force and the supernatural power from that explosion, which is released by faith in God's Word, causes an internal spiritual revolution in your life, which causes you to to move or evolve from moth to butterfly. And, And instead of being this ugly creature, you have, you discover to your surprise, joyously, that you have grown bright new wings. And those bright new wings are an enhancement from God that supernaturally enable you to fly. And that and, and many other giftings are yours. But all the giftings, all the power, all the wisdom that God will bestow upon you as you obey him, all of that happens because you have chosen to obey God and to allow the seed of God's word to be embedded in your heart and mind. And you will receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. It will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You will no longer be ruled by a spirit of fear, but you will have supernatural authority over a spirit of fear, and you will drive the spirit of fear out of your inner man and send the spirit of fear into the lake of fire. You will be the recipient of the supernatural power of God. You will be a warrior, a priest, or a priestess for Almighty God. You will be victorious in every spiritual battle that the Lord places you in. And you will be given an anointing of talents and wisdom and leadership skills that are unprecedented. And in summary, you will be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Okay. Go to paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, grab yourself, order the books that I recommended, and get them right now while they're being offered to you at a significant financial discount. Books like Power From On High. Simply visit paulmcguire.us. Once again, you're listening to Paul McGuire. This is the Paul McGuire Report. And I just have the Bible open before me in the studio of the Paul McGuire Report, and I'm just sharing with you the powerful truths in God's Word that personally revolutionized my life. These truths that I read in God's Word literally detonated with the dunamis power of God. They exploded, and they took me, Paul McGuire, an ordinary guy, just like you, an ordinary guy or girl, They took an ordinary guy like Paul McGuire. They'll do the same thing for you in your life. And when you allow there to be an infusion of the supernatural power of God, God will transform you into a mighty man of God or a mighty woman of God. 
that is capable of doing all kinds of things above and beyond what the natural man can do. Okay, so let's look at the Word of God here, because the Word of God is just bursting with truth. In the book of Genesis, and Genesis is all about DNA, genetic codes, uh, reproduction within certain specified species, and so on and so forth. So we read in Genesis 1, verse 26, this is what it says. And this is good stuff, man. This is good, good stuff. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, the creeping thing that creeps on the earth, don't miss that. That's a reference to the serpent of old, who is uh, kind of like being possessed by Lucifer or Satan. So when we read um, what God is saying, let us make man. Us, by the way, is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Man means both male and female. Then God said, let us make man in our image. In whose image? In the image of God, according to our likeness. Let them, man, male and female, let them have dominion or authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So what we learn is that the triune God decided to make man, both male and female, in his own image or in our image, because God is a triune God, the God of the Trinity. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. This is powerful truth. Let them have dominion, that's man, let them have dominion or authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, because Adam, this is an essential truth. Now, now, in my inner man now, what I sense by the power of the Holy Spirit, it's almost like that in my inner man I sense a powerful, almost melodic vibrational force. And it's not a force that's random or out of control. It's not a force that, that is impacted by confusion. It is the force of God, and the force of God is built and flows from the love of God and the peace of God and the authority of God. So, let us make man in our own image, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and our likeness. Now, this is teaching us that when Adam and Eve are made in the image of God and in the likeness of God, what that is telling us is that both the male and the female, both Adam and Eve, have all kinds of characteristics and giftings that the secular and worldly society sometimes relegates falsely as male attributes, simply male attributes, or on the other hand, simply female attributes. The truth of God's word here 
transcends that one-dimensional understanding. So we want to be part of that transcendent truth. What does that mean? Jesus Christ was crucified on a cross. He died for our sins. He was buried in a tomb. Now, what liberated Christ and what liberated all of mankind was the fact that mankind uh, was made in the image of God, male, both male and female. And so in verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. So the powerful truth here is that God contains, although God is God the Father, God contains certain attributes that could be considered either male or female. Um, this is complicated, and it's, it's open to, to confusion. And I don't want to brush by it, but the reality is, is that when you look at the human race, and you look at men, and you look at women, you're looking at, when you look at men and women, you're looking at different aspects of the male part of the human race and the female part of the human race. You're looking at different aspects that have their genetic and DNA roots in the fact that man is made in the image of God, both male and female. That's a revolutionary and powerful and transcendent truth. So, verse 28, then God blessed them, man, Adam and Eve. God blessed them. You see, God blessed them. And being blessed, of course, is opposite of being cursed. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So when the day was done, it was the divine plan of God to take planet Earth and to take paradise and the Garden of Eden and to create or fashion out of the earth. And Eve was fashioned out of the rib of Adam. They were fashioned. Um, from the DNA of God. And so the expression of that was that they were both male and female, and that they were given dominion or authority or rulership over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we have planet Earth. Planet Earth in the beginning had two primary rulers besides God, who was the supreme being or the supreme ruler. The two primary rulers of planet Earth and the Garden of Eden were Adam and Eve. Adam was essentially the king of planet Earth. Eve was essentially the queen of planet Earth. Or you could say it another way. Adam was essentially the king of the Garden of Eden or paradise, and Eve was essentially the king Excuse me, and Eve was essentially the queen of planet Earth, and Eve had rulership over planet Earth as the queen of planet Earth. Uh, and they were both made in the image of God. And they ruled. And so when you're talking about Adam and Eve, 
you're, you're basically talking about the king and queen of planet Earth who have the supernatural authority in God, in Christ, to rule and reign over planet Earth and to rule and reign over paradise or the Garden of Eden. Now, that's how God's, that was God's original cosmic blueprint for mankind. The degradation of mankind, the fall of mankind, ghettos, poverty, racism, a lack of social justice, starvation, uh, the pollution and contaminants in in the creation, uh, the fact that splendid and beautiful cities were ravaged and turned into violent ghettos, all of that degradation that the human race now perpetuated, all of the ghettos that were formerly palaces, the degradation and the destruction that uh, put havoc on the Garden of Eden and planet Earth came directly out of the fact that Adam and Eve rejected the Word of God in the Garden of Eden, and they chose to not listen to or obey uh, the Word of God, but they chose to listen to and obey um, the, the, the true Word of God. And this centered around Adam and Eve were told by God not to eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, but they disobeyed God, and they did eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. That caused an activation of the law of sin and death, and that caused the release of the fall of man. So from that moment forward, Adam and Eve were infused genetically and on every level with the death force. Death was manifesting itself in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and the death force moved from the, the, the biological, spiritual identities of Adam and Eve, and the death force spread into every arena of creation. The Garden of Eden, the weather, the animals, other men and women, all of creation, every living thing, the entire environment was negatively impacted by the, the hellish, demonic death force, which ravaged uh, Adam and Eve and all of mankind in an event called the fall of man. So we see what occurs. God planned for Adam and Eve to be the king and queen of planet Earth. They were designed by God to rule and reign planet Earth until Christ returns. Everything was going according to plan until Adam and Eve disobeyed God, rejected God's word and ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. And the serpent of old lied to them, deceived them, and the serpent of old told Eve that, you know, that that you should eat. He lied to her. He said, you should eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. And Eve retorted, God told us not to do that, because in the day that we eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, is the day that we will surely die and activate the law of sin and death and release the death force in our life. So mankind, all of mankind, is born genetically with the death force fully activated. That simply means that every man and woman that is born is born with the inner programming that they are 
that they will begin to die, they will begin to degrade the moment they disobey God and eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. They begin to die, and that death force spreads into every arena of the human race. So, this is what happened. And it, it caused destruction and sin and rebellion and evil and demonic ar- armies and the triumph, the temporal triumph of Lucifer to spread all over the earth to this very day. And it brings us to the culmination of the spiritual battle to this very day where Lucifer or Satan, along with millions of fallen angels in various rankings, along with all the men and women who chose to follow Satan and activate the law of sin and death, along with all the men and women who chose to receive the nanochip implant or the mark of the beast, where you can't buy or sell without the mark of the beast. And so we read further on that this death force uh, that erupted among Adam and Eve the first thing, the first notice, noticeable thing that the intrusion of the death force, force produces in the Garden of Eden among Matt, Adam and Eve was the, the brutal awareness, the brutal consciousness that they were naked. So now Adam and Eve had the sudden uh, revelation and the sudden shame and embarrassment and the sudden powerlessness hit them that they were naked and with along with the awareness that they were naked came the awareness of being ashamed so adam and eve were now both ashamed of being naked and adam and eve were now ashamed uh, of losing their power before god they were aware for the first time that they were naked and they were aware for the first time that they were powerless spiritually and dying. Now, this is an essential truth to grasp, because these two truths go hand in hand. They interlock with one another. Whenever a child of God, who has been given by God the supernatural power of God, whenever that child of God disobeys God and and lose and becomes ashamed and and realizes that they are now naked they're totally naked they're totally ashamed and along with that truth inevitably the reality uh shows up in their lives that they're powerless so being powerless goes hand in hand with being naked and ashamed all of these things happened to Adam and Eve in the garden of eden they became naked, they became ashamed, and then they lost their spiritual power. Those three things operate together. For the first time in their life, they were aware that they were naked, then they were aware that they were ashamed, and then they lost their power. And then God confronts Adam and Eve about this and and tells them, because they have uh, listened to the deception of the serpent, they are under a curse, the curse of sin and death. Now, this truth that I'm about to share with you, when you grasp it, it will revolutionize your life beyond anything that you can conceive and think. There will be a literal 
dunamis or detonation or explosion of the supernatural power of God or the dunamis power of God in the invisible realm. And when God's children receive that by faith, what they're doing is they're receiving power from on high by faith. Now, this is the critical truth to grasp and to receive by the revelation of God. This is an absolute critical truth, and I'm going to share it with you very quickly. After Adam and Eve disobeyed God and tripped the great cosmic trigger of sin and death, the death force infused Adam and Eve and planet Earth. Now, what happened was that Adam and Eve lost their supernatural authority and their supernatural power. Consequently, they became ashamed, they were aware that they were naked, and they had lost their supernatural power. This was devastating. But in addition to those curses, something far worse was about to emerge. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. This is Paul McGuire. We, God has given us the power to reconfigure reality in the time frame preceding the second coming. Now, I want to read you something in the book of Revelation. So, Jesus, so God talks to Jesus and Adam and Eve about the promise of the Messiah and the Savior and salvation as far back as the book of Genesis. And when we arrive in the book of Revelation, we see the the radical planetary transformation where there is a supernatural restoration among the descendants of Adam and Eve, a supernatural restoration among the children of God regarding the level of supernatural power that they possess, the fact that they have defeated death, the fact that they now have eternal life by faith and their sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus, which they can possess by faith, the fact that they can be born again by the Spirit of God, which they can reach out and receive by faith. And this is just the beginning. So I want you to think of the spiritual condition of the American church right now, soberly. I want you to think of the spiritual condition of the church in America right now, and I want you to compare and contrast that with the spiritual condition of the uh, true Christian church or the remnant church in America. I want you to compare the spiritual condition of the apostate church with the spiritual condition of the church that is trying to live by faith in obedience to Jesus Christ. So in Revelation chapter 3, we read about what's called the lukewarm church. And let me read this to you. Verse 15, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So Jesus Christ is confronting the lukewarm church. The lukewarm church is pretty well synonymous with the spiritual condition of the church in America. The church in America is a lukewarm church. Because it's a lukewarm church, and churches all around the world are lukewarm churches. Because the American church has succumbed to the spiritual condition of being a lukewarm church in the last days, 
The result is that the Laodicean church, or the lukewarm church in the last days, its spiritual condition is relatively powerless. It's relatively powerless, which means it's, it is spiritually weakened and spiritually incapable of being victorious against the great spiritual warfare uh, of God versus Lucifer and the fallen angels versus the angels of God. So this is what it says in Revelation chapter 3. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. So the response to, to, from Jesus to, to any lukewarm church, if their spiritual condition is to be lukewarm, he tells them that if you're going to be lukewarm spiritually, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Why? Because your spiritual condition is essentially useless to me. It's a rebuke here. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And then it says in verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I, re- as, as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Okay, so what Jesus is saying to the American church, to the lukewarm church, is that he's telling them that their spiritual condition indicates that they're naked. Who else was naked? Adam and Eve were naked. And uh, the lukewarm church in America is naked. This is critical. Their spiritual condition is that they're naked. Now, because they're naked, according to the Word of God, if you're naked spiritually, then also, by God's Word, you must also be powerless. Nakedness equates to being powerlessness, having powerlessness in the kingdom of God. And so then God continues, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. So it is first and foremost the desire of God, just like it was in the book of Genesis. The desire of God, because Adam was feeling ashamed, Eve was feeling ashamed, they were embarrassed and ashamed because they knew they were naked before God. And in their state of nakedness, they also knew that they were powerless in the sight of God, naked and powerless in the sight of God. So, um, God, God says that he's going to clothe them so they will no longer be naked, and their nakedness will not be revealed, and that God is going to heal their spiritual vision, like he wants to heal the spiritual vision of the Laodicean church in America. The way God supernaturally is going to heal the vision of the Laodicean or lukewarm church in America is that he is going to anoint the Laodicean church's eyes with eye salve or eye medicine so that they can see. Well, what does that mean? It means that God Almighty is going to anoint the eyes of the Laodicean church with eye salve so that their vision can be supernaturally restored. 
so that their vision can supernaturally be restored and that they can see once again. All of that happened to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when God performed a miracle in the life of both Adam and Eve. He supernaturally restored their vision, he supernaturally clothed them, and he supernaturally uh, clothed them with power from on high. Because remember the operating principle here. The operating principle is, is that if you are naked spiritually, you are also powerless spiritually. And so, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And then it knocks at the door, and uh, um, they, the church opens the door, and uh, Jesus Christ comes in uh, to, to fellowship or enter into a super tight, supernatural, intimate relationship with that church. A miracle, a miracle of restoration, a miracle of revival occurs in the lukewarm church or the Laodicean church, also known as the American church. The American church right now and the Laodicean church right now in America is in the state of ultimate spiritual crisis. The demonic and satanic armies of Marxism and communism and transhumanism and Satanism and other very powerful evil and demonic forces are in a full-fledged attack against the lukewarm church and the Laodicean church. And so, God wants to rescue his people from spiritual massacre and spiritual defeat, and God Almighty wants to give his church, the Laodicean church, the supernatural power to overcome and the supernatural authority that will enable this supernatural church to overcome, and God promises to grant to them the authority to sit with him on the throne room of God in heaven. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. You have a throne in heaven with your name written on it. At the appointed time, you will inherit that throne in the throne room of God. That throne, with your name written on it, represents the supernatural authority that God has given you, the last day's power and authority that God has given you over the devil, the fallen angels, and mystery Babylon. So that's where we are in real space, time, and history. We are at the culmination of all things. And God is desirous, God is zealous of not only rescuing us from our nakedness and clothing us with power from on high, but the model that God uses begins with the model that originated in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, who were naked and then clothed with power from on high in the Garden of Eden. Thousands of years transpire. And God's children are in desperate need to be clothed, once again, with power from on high. This power specifically is known as power from on high, or the dunamis dynamite explosive power of God. When the dunamis dynamite explosive power of God detonates like dynamite in the invisible realm, it 
sends shockwaves of the power of God to destroy strongholds which are imprisoning God's people in multiple dimensions. So right now we are approaching at high speed what I refer to as the final showdown between God and Satan, the the armies of God's angels versus the, the demonic armies and the technology that goes with it. The, the, the global reset and the accompanying technology, the, the new world order now called the global reset, the counterfeit signs and wonders, and all of these other factors, they're building to a crescendo in, in which it is the objective and plan of Satan to, to seize planet Earth, to steal planet Earth with violence and a vengeance and steal it from the children of God illegally. Because that land, planet Earth, along with the kingdom of heaven, along with the gift of eternal life, along with the gift of immortality, these are gifts that God is going to give all of us as his people. We acquire them by faith in the promises of God. Now, at this critical juncture in history, the enemies of God are surrounding with a fury the legitimate armies of God. And so God has given his people a pathway to deliverance, a pathway to overcoming and victory, and God has given his people both the supernatural power and the supernatural wisdom to be overcomers in this last day's war. And when God sends his power into the earth, when God unleashes his power into the earth, He will supernaturally, via the dunamis dynamite power of God, God will supernaturally turn the tide of the spiritual battle, destroy and defeat the armies of Satan, the armies of hell, and the the armies of demonic angels. All of these entities, which are in full-blown rebellion against God, will be decimated and destroyed by the supernatural power and authority of God which is occurring within a raging war in the invisible realm. Now, in my book, Power From One High, and my other books, which I'm offering to you right now at a discount, you can go to paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, and you can order these books now, spread them far and wide, join me as a prayer warrior, and whatever God puts on your heart, don't play games with God. It'll only be an embarrassment to you. Don't play games with God. Whatever God commands you to give in terms of a financial contribution, financial donations and gifts, then simply obey God. what God has told you to give and donate. Simply obey God and give as God has directed you to. And God will use your funding to finance the end times spiritual battle in which the children of God, that's you and me, seize victory over Satan in this last day's battle for planet Earth. Victory is ours and the battle can be turned around. But this battle, this last day's encounter, militarily law-abiding in the invisible realm, the victory goes to the people that will obey and follow God's word And those that will be defeated, those that are defeated, that defeat goes to those people 
who have rejected and disobeyed God's word in the last days. It's just that simple. So I want to exhort you to go to paulmcguire.us, recognize where America is, where you are, your children, your grandchildren, recognize where we're going with sobriety, recognize where we're going to end up soon if we don't experience divine intervention at the highest levels. Recognize the sobriety of those facts. And then make the choice to obey God with all of your heart, soul, and mind from within your inner man or woman. Make the volitional choice to obey God. And if we choose to obey God by faith and do exactly what he has commanded us to do, God Almighty will step right into the battle zone and he will turn the tide of the battle 180 degrees. And that means in a very fast and accelerated period of time, the children of God will conquer the children of the devil, and we will take back the land that Satan has stolen from God's people, and we will be overcomers on every level. Overcomers on every level. And all of that, all of that is within striking distance of the children of God if we will simply read what the Word of God is telling us to do, and if we will simply obey the Word of God regarding what he's telling us to do. So I'm asking you to go to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Believe God for the impossible. I'm telling you, the Lord has imparted into my heart and mind a supernatural infusion of the dunamis power of God. The Lord, by his grace, unmerited favor, has anointed me with the power of God. He's clothed me with power from on high. And therefore, when I enter the battle zone, the spiritual battle zone, I have been supernaturally equipped by God to have the wisdom for victory, and I have the supernatural power of God to become victorious in this last day's spiritual battle. And I invite you, based on the same revelation of faith in God's Word, to join me in this victorious battle and to be an overcomer against the powers of darkness. With childlike faith, you can seize the land and occupy the land. And together, we won't go down in defeat and shame. Together, we will marshal the power of God, and together we will be overcomers in the last days. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us.